welcome to Running Is Bullshit. I'm Stuart. And I'm Amy. And you're listening to the, the little podcast that loves to talk about running. That's right. It's a, a little podcast. Thanks to former guest Danny Norman who, and former friend Danny Norman. We <laughs> thought he was a supporter, but apparently uh, he's a bit too, bit too big time for us now. Yeah, we're just the little people over there. Yeah, that's fine. Thanks, Danny. Um, we've got loads of messages and loads of bullshit to discuss this time. We've had a, a week extra, so apologies for the people who listen regularly. For the people who are binging this, it doesn't matter. You don't give a shit. First of all, my favourite story this weekend. I've got to get this in straight away. My friend Hugh, he was out running a park run at Southwark Country Park, which is down near Bath somewhere, and he gets chatting to a park run ambassador, Kirk Shepherd. When Hugh mentions he's from Cardiff, he was immediately asked, oh, do you know Stuart Harding? Yes, I'm huge. What is, you've got to provide more context here. The guy, the Parkrun ambassador was this just is... chatting about, said, oh, you're from Cardiff. Oh, do you know Stuart Harding? In relation to the podcast or is this something you've done at a know, park run no, that's got around? Me. He knows me from the podcast because okay. we're, we're a big deal. Okay. I mean, you did say Stuart Harding, not Amy Genders, so you know. Uh, I'll have you know, people recognise my voice at park runs, and they wow. say, are you the woman from the podcast? And they kind and of I... go, oh, didn't think you looked like that. <laughs> and that <laughs> people do say that, and I say no, because I don't want too many, you know, too many people to know who I am, start following me, know where I live, you know, the fans get a bit much sometimes. Yeah, I was at my stake park run the other week, um, and SBC was chatting to a guy, and he says, oh, you're from CDF Runners with Stuart Harding. <laughs> so... Even my club are just like, I'm going to change the subtitle on the logo to CDF Runners with Stuart Harding. <laughs> Huge deal. Huge deal. What's your bullshit, Amy? Uh, a lot of bullshit this week. Yeah. There's a lot. Normally, I'm, I haven't got much bullshit. Normally, my bullshit is I'm just not running. Oh, I haven't run that much. Yeah. Oh, well, that, that remains the same. Um, supposed to be running, at, well, I was, I was supposed to be running up and down Penavan this morning at nine o'clock this morning, which sounds really fun. Yeah. I wasn't there. Uh, my lift fell through, so it's not even like I'm injured or anything. I just couldn't get there. Oh, that is such a shit reason not to do a race, that you just <laughs> couldn't get there. I know, and Aww. I put stuff out on Facebook, and people obviously didn't like the look of me and thought, yeah. we're not giving her a lift, she looks a bit dodgy. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I've done an ultra marathon now, so I understand I should have run from Cardiff to Penavan, done the Penavan race and run back. Well, you should do. That's that's what all ultra runners do now. I know, Public I know. transport is a failure. I know. So I do wonder, because I can't drive, this is part of the issue, you see... Is it possible to even be a trail runner if you can't drive? How do you get to the trails, you know? You run there. <laughs> it's easy. I suppose so. So yeah, Penavan, and I think I have talked about it in the podcast, and I've certainly talked about it a lot to people in my real life, yeah. you know, saying, oh, I'm doing Penavan, just up and down twice, isn't it? and I haven't done it, so yeah. For those that don't know, uh, it's the tallest mountain in South Wales. Yeah. It's a decent trek up there, it's not bad. It looked like a good race. I'm not terribly disappointed I didn't do it, because, yeah. you know, not having to run 13 miles up and down the mountain... Yeah. And I haven't trained for it. I did a bit of training. I could have done it. I could have yeah, done okay. it. Not specific hill training or anything, but I'm sure it would have been fine on the day. I can say that now because I haven't okay. done it. So, um, Other bullshit. Uh, it's kind of health related. I've got terrible hay fever. I've got this rash around my eyes, this pollen rash. She really has. It's yeah, pretty I, nasty. I look like someone's punched me in both my eyes. Uh, so I've had that. And it is running related because... As soon as I go out my door, my eyes are streaming. So running is an absolute nightmare with it. Um, anyone else have hay fever? I'd love to know if any listeners have hay fever. And they also suffer when they're running. I can't be the only one. You want, you just want to know that other people are suffering as much as you. Yeah, and does anyone else have a rash around their eyes? Because I, I've had bad hay fever the last few years. But I've never It's never got this bad to the point I've had a rash. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in, I want somebody else to share my misery. Um, and then finally... you got more? This is another health sort of related one. Right? It's because I've had an extra week. You've had a lot more I know, extra I know. It's it, it all been building up. I've been putting it in the notes in my phone. Um, this is like my therapy session. <laughs> so I have a potential running injury that happened this morning. It didn't happen when I was running, but it could affect my running. Yeah. I managed to burn the sole of my foot. <sighs> we, really you, badly as well. Were you like dancing on the kitchen cabinets again? And just down to nope. on the hob? Nope, nope. There was a cup of tea on the, the very glass coffee table that we're sat at yeah. right this instance. And I was sat on my computer reading over the show notes as I always do. Yeah. You know, I, I always make sure and I This prepare. happened this morning? That's pretty far in yeah. advance for you. Yeah, I may right, not have done. been looking at the show notes, may oh. have been looking at something else, but okay. thought was there. <laughs> and I just stretched my foot out and I knocked the tea and it just spilled all over the sole of my foot and it just been made it just been made and it burnt the sole of my foot well technically it scalded your foot it scalded it yeah it's not a burn I'm just saying really what's the difference well scald is from liquid is that true it is the more you know well I scalded 
the sole of my foot and I had to put it under the shower. So <laughs> that was my morning. So I didn't want to pen a van, put the sole up, sorry, scolded the yeah. sole of my foot. Maybe a bit painful tomorrow when I try and run on it. I don't know. That's my bullshit. Wow. It's like an, an episode of Embarrassing Bodies right now. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Wow, what, what a week you've had. What, what a week. That wasn't even a week. That's just today. That's just today. <laughs> don't get me started. It was for the whole episode. What anyway, a life. Um, enough about me. What's your bullshit? Well, you know what? I've done two races, but I actually really, really enjoyed both of them, so I can't really go into them much We don't want to hear it. I did an aquathlon, which was 2K in a river and then 12 and a half K trail run. It was beautiful. Absolutely loved it. And then I did uh, a massive relay with my club and then ate my body weight in snacks. So, and we had a team from our club. Wasn't SBC on one of the teams that won? She's a winner. She's a winner. And you know what? In the aquathlon, she finished second. She's a big deal now. She is a big deal. She's getting a bit too big, to be honest. And say what, you know, she started out on this podcast. That's what inspired her to run faster. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I can't really complain about those because they were both lovely uh, well I made up for it with yeah thank you so much <laughs> we've got lots more bullshit today we've got lots and lots of messages from people we're going to read out uh, we've also got a two part interview we've just spoken to Tom Fairbrother who some people may have heard of recently who was the disqualified winner of Race to the Stones there was a lot to get through so I think what we're going to do is split it we're going to have one half this week and one half next time and it's definitely worth listening to mm-hmm. so hang on for that in the meantime it's been awesome there's been running as BS buffs going around the world not just you know I've been handing them out to the people I know around the world we've got uh, buffs in Glastonbury we had buffs in Galway and Ireland and I've just sent a couple to New Zealand as well fantastic and are there still buffs available if people want them? of course there are course there are there buffs are. available just drop us a message literally anywhere and I will send you a link to send us money. So yeah, we've got buffs all over the UK and in Australia and New Zealand. And they even stay on when people are upside down in Australia. So that's really handy. That's amazing. I was we're, worried about that. We're worldwide. We are worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Pitbull, move over. This is a big, big deal. Okay, we've had a few Facebook recommendations as well over the last few weeks, which is always lovely because that means more people can find us. Stuart Brandwood said it's a brilliant look at the things we hate about the sport we love. Oh, thanks, Stuart. Very concise, thank you. Yep. I like that. Lee Carabita said he's got a laughing emoji here. So, that was Lee Carabita putting that in yeah. just little. I get it, Lee, I get it. So, love you guys. You say out loud everything we think. How many kilometres was your first marathon? Question mark, laughing emoji. You're effed up. We respect that. Sort of fist bump emoji from Australia. Huh? There's a lot going on in that comment. There is, yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot there. <laughs> Cheers, Lee. And Rowan Dixon says the best running podcast out, maybe. Like the best bits of The Guardian and Runner's World, put in a blender. That's a, that's a very clever comment, Rowan. Well, you Thank you what? so much for that. We've had a few that have gone down those lines, so I think there's a bit of truth in it. said before? There's been a few, so, you know, if you hear stuff enough times, you think, actually, I think that might be true. What about if he hasn't heard that and they've just come up with it independently? That would be amazing. No, I'm, no, I'm saying they've all come up with it independently. It's scary. So oh, right, okay, it, there, yes. there must be a grain of truth in there somewhere. It's got to be in there somewhere. On the last episode, uh, we talked through a few things and uh, we've had a few replies. Nikki Jones agreed with us about the park run barcode tag and medical conditions. She's got a new set of tags, but sometimes chooses to use the paper barcode because of this. Now, this was the uh, medical conditions being on the big park run barcode cards mm-hmm. that are written in quite big letters. And if you've got something that you don't necessarily want people to know about if they don't need to, can potentially be a bit embarrassing. Now, I'm not just saying I'm glad Nikki Jones has this. I'm kind of glad that it's not just me being offended on behalf of someone else. It's not just mm-hmm. me doing my virtue signaling thing. I'm, it, I, I think it's a thing that will affect people. So, you know, perhaps it'll change at some point, but Parkrun said, no, it probably won't. So never mind. And then Zoe Martinez also got in touch about the geese issue, this yeah. ongoing sort of geese issue we've been talking geese about. Geese are the enemy. Geese are the enemy. And she warned that geese have teeth on their tongues. Yeah, she sent us a terrifying photo of a goose with teeth on its tongue. I know. I put that picture in the show notes. And when yeah. I first put it in, it went like full page. Yeah. And it was terrifying. <laughs> so I minimised it for our yeah. own comfort. But it's still very, yeah. Just to let everyone know about the goose menace out there. Yeah. And we've learned now not to hiss back at them. No, no, no. They've got too many teeth for one mouth. Too many teeth. We also talked about Disney. And you know what? A lot of people got in touch 
to defend Disney. I thought a few people would be like, yeah, they're too expensive, they're rubbish. People love Disney. All I'm saying is Disney have a lot of money yeah. and it wouldn't cost them too much to get a few it's people true. on social yeah. media. It's a conspiracy. Probably, yeah. So first of all, uh, Hugh Phillips, he's been in touch. Uh, he didn't get asked about me anywhere in Disney as far as I know. He said he did the Dopey Challenge, which is the 10k and the half, a few years ago, and it was a 5.30am start, though he didn't cross the line until 6.30. Oh, God. It cost him £225, but said it was a great experience with amazing medals and t-shirts. I should fucking hope so, for £225. <laughs> he did also post the weather alert system that they have there, which runs green, yellow, red, and black. That day was red, meaning potentially dangerous conditions. Heat injury is possible. All participants urged to slow their pace and hydrate adequately. That is before 9am and after you've dropped £225. They're telling you you're going to get a heat injury. Wait, I don't want a t-shirt from that. I want, no. you know, a career in the Marines or something. It sounds yeah, like yeah. some sort of... I want of... like a new suit. Like a tailored suit yeah, for that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, what makes me laugh though is Hugh is like a true bullshitter. Oh, yeah. Hugh loves to complain about running. Oh, like. God, he hates running. But he loves Disney. He loves Disney. Yeah. It's an interesting juxtaposition. It's the, it's the only thing he's, he's like willing to defend. No, actually, Disney isn't bullshit. How no. dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Lorna Davis did the 5K, 10K and half and loved it. From the expo to the race transport, characters on the course, the after-race snacks, everything was brilliantly organised and it was the best running event she's ever been to. Again, for the money, it... Bloody better be. Uh, Matt Henson pointed out a super early start is actually fine for jet lagged Brits, which is a good point. Mm-hmm. If you're on the east coast of America, getting up at five in the morning, no big deal. Uh, Nina Nosebug, she said the weather was perfect in Paris at seven a.m., which is possibly a better idea for anyone from the UK. Yeah, and cheaper. I'm still not sold on it. I'm no. still not sold. Oh god, on no! Disney. Oh fucking hell! No, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm not spending two hundred quid on a couple of races. No chance. No, I'm getting up at like three a.m. No, Ugh. but it's lovely that you guys all like it. I'm happy for yeah, you. Yeah, we're very happy for you. <laughs> to the Facebook messages and something that Danny Norman and his massive podcast. Who, who's Danny Norman? Uh, he's got a huge podcast. Has he? Yeah, I don't it's, know. He, he kind of doesn't really notice us anymore because he's a massive deal. I don't think I've heard of him. Um, something he deems to be bullshit is people who sprint off in a race usually during the first K uh, they are notably mid-pack so they have to weave or barge their way through the average mass of people to then blow out worse than a ruined truck tyre on a motorway hard shoulder sometimes throwing in a little walk break and then crossing the finish line a good few minutes or more after you've finished I judge them I judge them harder than they've misjudged their pacing (laughs) It's very satisfying, isn't it? It is. But it is a lot of pressure if you're a new runner to think, oh shit, I should be going off with these guys. They obviously know what they're doing. But yeah. no, 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 you'll see them later. You'll see them yeah. soon. I mean, there is a little bit of newbery of people that don't really know what pace to go, but then there's a lot of people who are bellends. There's a lot of arrogance, yeah. Yeah, yeah especially when they're like tutting and sighing when they're trying to get around you. It's like, yeah. come on, mate, I'll see you soon. Yeah. yeah. See you later. I, I did a lot of mile races. I love a good mile race. And you always tell people, you know, you need to go out quick and hold it. I love watching people the beginning of a mile race like people are setting 400 meter PBs <laughs> it is hilarious it's quick I and know quick. I'm going to reel them all in because I've done a lot of mile races now and I kind of know my pace and mm. I know I'm just going to reel them all in yeah Harry Bryant followed up with running mostly 5Ks all year, then going out and starting a half marathon at 5K pace, <laughs> only to spectacularly blow up around nine miles and have to walk a lot of the rest. All the while thinking, what a load of bullshit. I've probably really pissed Danny off. Yeah, I mean, you're 5Ks all year, and then you do a half marathon, and you do the same pace? <laughs> Come on, you've only got yourself to blame. Uh our friend from New Zealand, Emma McRae, has been in touch, which means I get to practice my accent oh again. God. Here we go. She says, tripping over a tree root while trying to adjust my head torch so I could see better and taking the skin off my palms and giving myself some attractive bruises down my left side in the process. Now people who don't know me think my husband is beating me, which is always a good look when you're seven months pregnant, isn't it? Probably a good point to stop trail running for a bit. The accent's not getting better. No. I'm usually pretty good at accents. Apparently, New Zealand is not one I can do. No, well, I couldn't even start, so... Anyway, yes, Emma, I think seven months pregnant, falling over in the trails, probably just stick to the flat for now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, probably so. (laughs) Good for you running pregnant, though. That's always nice to see. It's good to, you know, good healthy thing to do. But in the dark as well, by the sounds of it, she had to adjust her head torch. 
Yeah, oh god, yeah. Okay, yeah, running. Oh yeah. Dark in the trails while seven please, months pregnant. Please run in the day on the flat in town with a phone on you. Yeah, yeah. Please. Jason Newell also commented, and he's got a bit of a humble brag about, you know, just finishing second in the British Master Decathlon. Yeah. No big deal, you know. The issue was it hadn't appeared on the power of ten after five days. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's clearly he wanted us to know he finished second. That was the main thing he wanted us to, yeah. to comment there. And do, do we think decathlon is a bit bullshit? Like, just make your mind up. There's too many things, isn't it? It's too many. This isn't the Olympics in Greece in no. 1602 or whatever. <laughs> just, just pick something and stick to it. Come yeah. on. Um, though we did mention there is such a thing as a, I don't even know how to pronounce it, like an icosathlon or an icosathlon, which is 20 events no. in two days. So they still do 10 events a day. And like, that is too many. That is definitely too many. I, I can't even name all the stuff. In it. Is, I mean, they, is shoot- they have to make events up. Is shooting in the decathlon? No. Is that, do they put shooting in that? No, no, or? it's still uh, track and field. It's still track and field. But they field. have to make stuff up. Like, I think uh, there's like 200 meter hurdles is in there. What am I thinking of that has shooting then? Or am I thinking of the Winter Olympics where they, they do um, some skiing oh, and then they get down... Oh, modern pentathlon, right, which yeah, is yeah. not at all modern, has shooting. And I believe biathlon right. and skiing. Yeah, yeah, because well. yeah, that's mad. That the yeah. they do some skiing and they get down, and start shooting things. It's yeah. like how I can relate with Run Britain rankings though. Uh, after I did a good run at this relay the other week, and it took uh, about a week and a half for the results to come up, and I ran really well, and so I was waiting and waiting, and I got like point two off my Run Britain. So yes, I will never run fast enough for that to matter. So I'm just nodding like, yeah, yeah. that's a real shame, isn't it? <laughs> you don't give a shit about Run Britain. <laughs> no, <laughs> I love the stats. I need them. And on Twitter, we tweeted an article sent to us by Greg Light, and this was about strength training advice for runners. And it's not just about lunges and squats, Stuart. Oh, yeah, really? What else could you think it Well, it, this must be, be a whole routine they're going to give us. It must be like yeah. a whole massive hour worth planks. of training to do. Yeah, all kinds planks of things are really you could do. Good. What, was, what was the training if it's not just lunges and squats? Arabesques. Is that even how you pronounce it? Because I have never heard of an arabesque before. Yeah. So, so, so it's lunge squats and arabesques. Arabesques. I had to Google it. I had to Google what an arabesque was. And the first time I Googled arabesque, I got a, a art style. Yeah, it's not um, that. It's not, it wasn't that. No. I thought I was very confused for a second, though. Um, Googled arabesque gym or yeah. training. And it's like a uh, gymnastics thing yeah. where you stick your arms out, put your leg behind your back. But it's just what we love about this is they say right at the beginning, it's not just lunges and squats. And then there's a thousand words. And then it's, it's lunges, squats and arabesques. That's but it. Yeah, it's sort of like a yoga pose. So it's like when people say you should do more yoga for women. Like, yeah, I don't get why it needs a thousand word article no. to say do something like that. Like, yeah, probably is good for you. Yeah, they need some clicks. Yeah. Um, we were also talking about shit medals last time, and Tessa Kipsey sent us a photo of a senior male triathlon medal, which was given to her daughter for an aquathlon. It looks like um, an 80s intro to <laughs> to the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, it could be like the graphics for the uh, the 1980 Olympics, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's this amazing cheesy medal with a man running, swimming and cycling, which was given to her 11-year-old daughter. <laughs> Not for a triathlon. Amazing. <laughs> At I underscore am underscore Vic got in touch following the marathon she forgot about. She says marathons are bullshit, especially lapped ones. Ugh. She didn't go into detail on her race, but sent a photo of three pizzas and a beer for refueling. She's doing that right. Oh, that's that's what you want to see. Three pizzas. But laps, I know she didn't go into details, but I'm interested how many laps that is. Because if it's yeah. two laps, maybe okay. If it was like 40. <laughs> I've, I've heard tell of a six lap half marathon before. Oh, no. You see, I really want to do bath marathon, but I heard that's two laps. Uh, half marathon, sorry. And I've heard that's two laps. And that puts me off just two laps just two laps puts yeah. me off and out and back i can deal with but laps i just it's a mental thing no. oh really and, and out and back is better than laps yeah because i feel like you go out and then you're coming home like you're coming back you can see it especially like okay. those ones where it's just like kind of a, quite a straight line whereas running a lap you think it's just that mental thing i've gone round, i've got to do it again whereas on the way back it's a different view it's you know okay. it's a mental thing for sure i'm a bit mental basically yeah nicholas boxall at nefrogi nick we still don't really know how to say that he said, following your latest podcast, I wonder if there's a market for a lonely goat zombie run at Disneyland with obstacles hosted by Tough Mudder, $500 entry fee with $40 for parking, or do it all virtually for $250 and still get a medal with a zombie goat on it. Has he been looking at our notes? Yeah. Because we've been, we've been planning quite hard for an we, event and yeah. we're going to have to cancel it now. Yeah, we've got a pattern now and you'll hear from our lawyers. Well, yeah, we're going to have to think of something else. Mm. For fuck's sake. Bullshit running news, isn't it? 
Yeah. Wait, was that was that you singing? No, it's oh, right. me preparing mentally. You, you've had three weeks. <laughs> you had a week extra. I always start you know, with like rehearsing. a... Because it's... I'm, I'm mentally, I'm thinking, shit, think something up, think something up. So I always stutter it. But I, it's getting a bit samey, so I've just got to... Yeah. This is kind of like the Bjork one. I'm running out of ideas, Stuart. They need to be louder, though. The, the Bjork one can't I, be too quiet. I told you last time about the Bjork one. Okay. I told you that that's the style. You committed to the a, arts, We need a different microphone for the Bjork one. We need a better one. We need to be closer to more. it, then. No, that's the ambience. It's ca- you don't appreciate my art. We're making a big deal of this, now, aren't we? <laughs> It's bullshit running news. Amazing. Breaking 2 is back, Amy. Hey, I remember watching this. I remember watching the Breaking 2. I remember getting up at whatever time o'clock in the morning it was. Yeah, really? Yeah. You know what? I didn't get up. I remember this very clearly because it was when I first injured my knee and I was in excruciating pain. I couldn't sleep all night. And then I watched Breaking 2 and it was all very surreal. Okay. Yeah. Well, however, now it's called the Ineos 159. Uh... Immediately, that's kind of an alarm bell that it's mostly a commercial venture. Well, is, does INEOS stand for something or does it mean something? I didn't actually do the research to find out. No, it's but all it's in, a sponsored event. Yeah, it's all in caps, so it makes yeah. me think maybe there's a, it's an acronym. So straight away, I'm just like, yeah, they, mm. they're selling us something. Um, so Elliot Kipjogi will once again attempt to run a marathon in under two hours. Mm-hmm. The hyperbole is in overdrive for this. They On the website, they compare the feat to Edmund Hillary climbing Everest... Bannister's four-minute mile and Felix Baumgartner jumping from space. It's not. <laughs> but for a start, Felix Baumgartner jumping from space was pointless. No, and the four-minute mile was like a legit thing, whereas this won't even be, you know, because yeah, he's not doing race conditions. Yeah, then... that was a real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were loads of people that could have done it. He just happened to be the first. Yeah, yeah. They said, after the four-minute mile and the 10-second 100-meter sprint, there remains one great barrier in modern athletics. Um, I actually, I think they mean men's athletics. Yeah. So I think we've said this before, haven't we? The four minute mile, the 10 second, 100 meters and the two hour marathon are very nice, convenient round numbers and mark it very well. The women are unfortunate that they don't have that kind of nice round barrier to aim for. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of references to humanity breaking the record as well. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? It's not. It's him. Yeah, it's him. and it's. I'm not doing it. Yeah, and it's under these really particular conditions. I think there's a difference between this because when I was watching the um, the sub two one, what was it called again? I can't remember. Breaking two. Breaking two. Yeah, that was like oh, there was no excitement to it. I was like oh, I hope he does it because. But if you were watching in a marathon on television, yeah. and somebody could potentially do that, that yeah. would be bloody exciting because yeah. it's a anyway because it would be real. Yeah, but it does take part on an out and back course. Okay, so that mentally that would be good for him. Yeah. <laughs> You should let him know. Yeah, it'd be quite nice, but I wouldn't mind doing that. Um, it's in Vienna as well. I'm assuming a mid-October. So I'm assuming they've chosen that because it's the best course. Yeah, they've scoured course. the world, apparently. Yep, of course, which is all making it less impressive, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I'm not saying it's an easy feat, but... Um, and they're saying that mass crowds are going to be interested. Now, when I tell people yeah. I've run a half marathon, they say, how fast did you run it? And I tell them, they're just like... Is that good? That people don't yeah. really. If you're not a runner, you don't really understand. But I think it because it's sub two hours, it's a marathon. It's an easy thing to but, sell, isn't it? But I think for non-runners, you have to properly explain it to them. Yeah. I think most non-runners, if if you said to them, "Oh, this guy's going to run a marathon in less than two hours," they'd be like, "Oh, is that good?" Yeah. And say, like, "Yeah, it's really good." <laughs> you know, most <laughs> runners wouldn't. But what I like as well, oh, he's going to try and run. Uh, a marathon in 159 oh world record well technically no 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 exactly <laughs> it's, it's all just a lot of like you say I think it's very much a marketing because yeah. he's going to run it in certain shoes and it's like yeah. hey these shoes are really fast and yeah I, I don't buy into it I will watch it <laughs> really um, I'll watch the end of it I'm not sitting there for two hours watching a marathon because that was the other thing I watched the whole of that oh, sub two thing like I said I was up all night I was a bit feeling a bit delirious uh, and it was really boring. And the commentary yeah. was just, how much commentary can you do for two hours? Yeah. Two hours, whatever it was, two hours, a few seconds or yeah. whatever it ended up being. I don't know. So I'll watch the end. So while we are, we're asking here, is this bullshit or is this something to actually be excited about? Yeah, you guys going to be sat up watching it? Well, I suppose you won't have to get up if it's in Vienna. It'll be you know, is it going to be as usual when, you're, when we ask these questions and the answer is like, well, a bit of both. <laughs> Which is yeah. what it nearly always is when we do that. Yeah, we need more angry people ranting on Twitter, I think. That would be terrific, yeah. yeah. Um, thanks to Matt Caff for this next story. It is headlined, I went jogging and lost my leg. 
And it's you know a long story short, you can search for that headline on the Guardian. A woman tripped on a canal path during a run. She twisted her knee and her ankle. She had a bit of a wait for an ambulance for various reasons. Uh, she lost the blood supply to her foot, and the doctors then had to chop it off. You see, this is just nightmare material because it was a canal path as well. Yeah. It wasn't like she was out on it some j- strange just, trail. And... Just a normal trip. Yeah. Like the surgeon, you know, they called the doctor in and the doctor couldn't believe she'd just tripped. Yeah. Because he said, you can't do that just tripping no, over. No, no, no. But I, you know, not as bad as this, but I had friends, I had a friend who was just walking and tripped over and she broke her leg in several places oh. and she had to be in a cast for like months and stuff. So just tripping over, even just walking can be really nasty so. so we definitely had to include this for all those people that have told us they've tripped over while running just to scare you yeah i tripped, just to be yeah, a dick i tripped over again a few weeks ago yeah. just throwing that in there i thought i wouldn't add that How's to you? bullshit news she so. got two feet everyone just got to confirm two feet but i think that is that's hit home for me yeah <laughs> she has written about her experience in her book five steps to happy uh, so you can read that if you mm-hmm. want to so just be careful out there everyone yeah especially if you're down a canal path especially if you're running in New Zealand on a trail in the dark when you're seven months pregnant yeah. be really careful I wonder if she mentions that specifically probably does <laughs> and finally we have some amazing news from London Marathon Woo! hey finally some positive news from London Marathon right, we, have we ever had positive news before about the London Marathon just generally I don't think we keep um no <laughs> let's enjoy it you must have heard by now, but Liz Ayres and the other back of the pack runners have been offered free entry to next year's race. Fantastic. It is. And you'd hope so. I And actually, I, I think a lot more than they're expecting. Because it's free. I thought it was guaranteed entry. It's free entry. Yeah. Maybe I was just thinking, asking too much of it, but I want that. Yeah. If I was dissatisfied hmm. to that degree and people were getting chemical burns, I yeah. think the least they could do would, would be to offer a free place. But well, still, yeah, the least they could do is fuck all. <laughs> the least they could do is, is change the car after six hours and say nah sorry <laughs> true true but they've also been promised other improvements to their experience mm-hmm. so the cleaning schedule will be rewritten assumingly so no one else gets chemical burns yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah that's the best we could hope for really there um, and more strictly adhered to and most importantly a member of senior management will be at the back to make sure everything goes to plan that's a good one that I like so, that uh, what I imagine though is some guy in a suit and tie like walking back by they're like yep everything's fine everything's with his good. clipboard mm-hmm. yep. tick yes very good guy from HR guy from the health and safety <laughs> but that's really good the letter that they were, they've been sent from the CEO of the uh, organising team uh, there was like 10 points are things that they've identified and will improve. So it's actually, yeah. it took a little time. I think a lot of people weren't happy it would take till at like the end of June or whatever, but actually it's a really comprehensive answer. Yeah, 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 definitely. The, the, you know, the bit I don't really want to talk about is all the criticism that's had. Basically, fuck you if you think a free entry is unfair. What? You're just being a selfish... People think it's unfair that they got oh, free entry. You've not entry. seen this. Oh, no, no I, I kind of don't want to go into it, but I kind of do because people have been such cunts about it. Oh, I can imagine though, because the London Marathon is so hard to get into now, yeah. especially since they got rid of the guaranteed entry after X yeah. number of um, ballot entries. But those people had such a shit race. That's why I'm yeah. saying this should be expected. They should be yeah. expected to get a free entry. It was people, somebody got a chem- I know I've said this like three times. <laughs> somebody got chemical burns. Yeah. You know, it it was shit for them. They should yeah. get free entry. What it comes down to is, I can't get in the London Marathon and I'm a really good runner. Why should they get well, in be that a- I want to be in there? <laughs> we'll be a better runner and then you'll get a good for age. Exactly. <laughs> That's the answer exactly. there. Oh, yeah, that really annoyed me. But fantastic. Yep. Liz Ayres, our friend Liz, Liz Reese has been on the show uh, and a few other people that we kind of know of uh, locally are going to be in London Marathon next year, if they want to be. Yeah, and that's fantastic. Exactly. And this back of the back experience is brilliant. Yeah. Moving on to our guest this episode. It's going to be in two parts, so you're going to have to listen to the next part next week. Uh, let's get straight into it. Tom Fairbrother is a runner that came to our attention last week after Race to the Stones, and we wanted to talk to him about that. But when we looked a little more, we saw there was a much bigger story with Tom that included a lot of the themes we've discussed on this show before. So. Firstly, Tom, thank you very much for coming on the show and agreeing to talk to us. No problem. Can you tell us, first of all, what happened to you last week at Race to the Stones? <laughs> right, okay. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, it was my first ultra marathon. Uh, so it was a few friends from work. We signed up. Uh, I think there was four of us in the end did it, the 100k non-stop. Race went well. Kind of, I was um, 
got to 50k and I was managed to be in the lead, which was a bit of a surprise because obviously I, I've run marathons and things before, but you know, getting 50k was that was my longest ever run. So I finished that and then was like, right, I just need to go and do it again. <laughs> so that was, yeah, I see you don't quite know how it's going to go. So it was a surprise that I'd got that far, um, you know, as smoothly as, as I could have hoped, really. And in first place at that point, are you starting to worry about your pacing there? You're like, oh God, well, have I done this deep Yeah, quick? I did kind of think, you know, there's obviously people in the race who had done more ultras than me. So I did think, is this just like a rookie error kind of going off like a, you know, like it's a 5k or something. Um, but I knew I felt good and kind of, I hadn't had any issues with nutrition or, you know, I still felt like I was on top of all that side of things. So I was still quite calm at that point. Obviously I was excited, but, um, I still felt pretty good. Got to, yeah, we got through the next two or three aid stations without any issues. Um, I kind of decided to carry all my food, um, rather than stop. So, at the A stations, it was just literally filling up water and then going. Um, so I was moving kind of constantly on the move. That was the one thing I've been told was just to never stop in ultra. And I know from experience, kind of once you sit down, that can be fatal. So it was very much just trying to keep moving, even if that was walking. Um, then I got to the last aid station, which was, I think it was 88k, top of my head. Um and I, at this point, I was—I I don't know if this is normal for ultra runners, but I had the worst paranoia. I literally, <laughs> I literally spent the last thirty k, like every time I was up to the top of a hill, I would stop and look behind me, convinced that like the guy in second was then about to overtake me. And even when I couldn't see him, I was like, "Oh, he must just be behind that tree. That's why I can't see him." But then when I got to that aid station, um, I said this to the the people there. I was like, "They said, how are you feeling?" I was like, "I'm just so paranoid. The guy's about to overtake me." And then I think his support crew must were there. And they said, oh, we're tracking him, actually. Uh, he's half an hour behind you. And like that feeling of relief at that point uh, was amazing. Like, I was so chuffed. I was like, okay, right, 12K to go. You know, I've got half an hour to play with. Just kind of don't take any chances. Um, kind of cruised out of the A station, kind of absolutely buzzing with adrenaline. And then... Yeah, kind of a mile later, we kind of, the course goes like down across the road. I think we went through a gate and then kind of round to the left. And then it came to like a fork in the trail. And um, as I was running up to it, I was like, right, left, uh, sorry, straight or right here. And they had these little red course markers uh, that was pointing to the right. So I was like, okay. Um, and I got probably, I don't know, probably a mile down this trail. I hadn't seen any course markers, but it was a dead straight trail. So I kind of thought, right. It's just, you know, they obviously just haven't marked this because it's so obvious where you're supposed to go. So I've probably got another half a mile down there and the trail started to get a bit ropey. And I was like, mm, this is a bit rough underfoot. And then I kind of turned the corner and I was just suddenly on a, a road. And I was like, mm, this doesn't look right. I mean, a part of me was like, is this right? Because a lot of the course was actually on road. Um, you know, it wasn't all on trail. So I wasn't immediately alarmed, but it was... The trouble was I came out at kind of a bend. So I, it was like, you know, left or right, but there was no arrow. And I thought, right, if this was the course, there would definitely be an arrow here. So it was at that point, I was like, <laughs> I must have gone off the course somehow. Uh, so I was like, you know, what was it, like mile 58 or something at this point, 57. And I was just like, what, like, you know, my mind was just frazzled. I was like, I don't know what to do. So I got my phone out. I'd had it on flight mode the whole way. And so I just turned it on, uh, like Googled the race <laughs> and then like went onto the course section, found the postcode for the finish and was like, I'm just gonna have to run there. Like it was six miles away. And I'm like, well, it's a mile further than it's supposed to be. But like, you know, I'm just gonna have to run there and explain what's happened. Um, looking back at no point did I think we just need to turn back. That arrow must've been wrong. Um, I think I just thought, well, the arrow pointed down here, so this must be right. Like, I've just, something else has gone wrong. Like, you know, like, I guess at that point, my mind was just, you know, clearly not thinking particularly straight. And uh, I guess maybe in denial, like convinced I'd done, I think I was, my concern, I think, was that if I ran, you know, the mile and a half or two miles, whatever it was, back to that point, and the arrow was still pointing down there, 
then like what would I do you know would I then have to back <laughs> I'll be back to square one again uh, so yeah I just started running you know I was just on this road and then I came out onto a really busy like national speed limit road and I was like oh god what's happening um, you know the cars are whistling by at like 60 miles an hour kind of all bibbing at me because it's just this guy running down the road with a race number on uh, and I got to 60 miles so I had like three miles to go and a guy flagged me down and he was like you're off the course and I was like I know <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I kind of get that by now. And I was like, look, I, I don't know what's happened. Like, I've ended up on this road. Like, I'm just going to have to run there and explain what's happened. And he was like, well, I can drive you back to the trail. And I'm like, well, I, I don't think I can get in your car because I think I'm going to get disqualified. So I was like, I'm, like, I'm going to just have to run there. And just, you know, when I get there, just explain what's happened. You know, obviously at this point, I was pretty sure I was going to get disqualified because it was... You know, I've done enough races to know you can't just make up your own route. So I'm not, I wasn't an idiot. And then I got like a further mile down the road and my phone rang. And I was like, <laughs> now's probably not the time for a chat with someone. Um, and it was my girlfriend and she was saying she was with the organisers. Basically the organisers were saying that someone had rung to say they'd seen a runner, you know, off the course. And they were worried about kind of my whereabouts and if I was all right. And I was like, yeah, you know, look, I followed these arrows. I'm on the road. You know, I'm just, I'm on my way there. Like it's, I've done the 60 miles. No, sorry, 61 at this point. I was like, I'm just going to have to, you know, what what happens? Like if I cover the distance, is that okay? Like, will I get disqualified? Um, and the organizer was like, well, as long as you cover distance and you cross the finish, you know, you wouldn't get disqualified. And for me, that was like, it was a bit of a surprise because I was, you know, I was pretty sure I was going to get disqualified. So that gave me like a little boost. And I think I said, you know, ran those last few miles quite quickly. Uh, crossed, entered the farm where the uh, finish was located and sort of caught everyone by surprise. Cause I think they were all like looking out towards the, the finish straight, like waiting for the first runner. And I like sort of popped up behind them all and was like, hello, <laughs> I'm here. And they were like, well, you need to cross the finish line the right way. So I kind of come in the farm, cross the finish, run out of the finish funnel, turn around and run back over the finish line. You know, and if they put out like kind of finish tape for me and, you know, kind of came over and congratulated me and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, what a relief, you know, like obviously I'd run a mile more than I needed to. But I was like, you know, thank God that's over. Um, yeah. And then about 10 minutes later, they sort of came over and said they wanted just to check my Garmin to see where I'd gone off the course because they wanted to make sure there wasn't an issue with other runners. Um, so I just sent them my Garmin, um, you know, my route uh, stats. Mm. And then they just came back and said, you know, as you didn't get back on the course, we are going to have to disqualify you. Which, yeah, I was definitely dis a bit disappointed or just a bit confused really because I felt like, I felt like we kind of resolved it all on the phone, you know, that I'd explained kind of, what had happened and they'd kind of said you know it was fine um so I was a bit confused because I was kind of like we well, just the same guy had literally just congratulated me you know kind of 10 or 15 minutes before that um you know and by this point the second guy has finished uh Tim has crossed the finish so there was just a bit of confusion because he didn't realize he was the winner kind of I thought I was the winner but then I wasn't the winner um and obviously at that point you know you just so like disorientated and tired and you know uh yes yeah, so it was all just a bit of a, a sort of a blur really so there was about sort of another 10 minutes just sort of chatting trying to establish what had gone wrong you know um like what what more me just trying to explain what had happened and them kind of saying that what the issue was um and they said kind of because the guy in second had gone the right way that obviously I had just taken a wrong turn and because I didn't get back on the course, I hadn't finished the, the official course, um, which I totally get, you know, like you can't, you know, at the London Marathon, you can't just, you know, run the wrong way up the mile and then expect to finish. Um, so, it, you know, it, it is what it is. Like it's, um, you know, initially I think I wasn't, I'm not sure if I was annoyed. I was just more really confused because, you know, I'd been sort of on a massive high with at that checkpoint and then, then really confused and then lost and then like, then then thought it was all sorted, you know, then having like the moment of crossing the finish line and, 
sort of being congratulated and doing interviews and stuff and then then kind of realising I've been disqualified. So, yeah, I don't really have any... I, I think it's probably the right decision. Like, it's... You know, like I said, as soon as I realised I was off the course, I was kind of like, well, you know, I'm running on a road here. Like, it's clearly not the same as if I was running on the on the trail, you know. Um, didn't even see the stones, funny enough. <laughs> oh, <no>. I didn't <laughs> see the stones till the next day. <laughs> well, they, well, to be fair then, it's called Race to the Stones. If you didn't see the stones, then... That's it. They can't, can't count. Yeah. So, it's yeah, I wasn't really, you know, my main overall emotion was just, like, I was amazed that I'd managed to run um, that far. You know, because my longest training run, I think I did 30 miles around Lake Windermere whilst I was up there. Um, so I was just generally, like, really proud that I'd managed to run yeah. kind of 63 miles. I think my 100k time was about 8.26 or 7, um, which is a lot quicker than I'd expected. So, yeah, obviously it would have been um, nice to have not <laughs> run, made up my own course and uh, to have something to show for it. But, you know, I, I did message, um, because it kind of got a bit of coverage after the race, you know, the... The Telegraph wrote a story about it and, um, you know, they'd messaged me to say they wanted to and I said, kind of, please don't. You know, it's just, it's all done. It's one of those things. But um, I then messaged Tim, who finished second, because I didn't want him to kind of read the story and think I'd gone kind of crying off to the newspapers. Um, and I messaged him and was like, you know, like I, you know, it's no hard feelings. And he said, you know, it's just one of those things. I think it was quite hollow. I don't think anyone came out of it really well, you know, kind of. I was uh, obviously disappointed and I think clearly he had such a great run. It would have been nice if he'd had kind of that winning moment as well. So it's just one of those things. I think um, I was a bit surprised I haven't had a sponsorship deal from kind of Ordnance Survey or someone by now, like or a <laughs> compass company. But <laughs> yeah, so, you know, obviously it was an eventful first ultra, but it definitely hasn't put me off them um yeah, it was just no overall emotion like a week later. It's just I'm, I'm really proud that I was able to run that far. Um, yeah, and just looking forward to the next one, really. I do wonder if, if you'd gotten lost a bit earlier in the race, whether the outcome would be the same. So say that you've taken a wrong turning and ran, you know, a few miles out and then you'd come back and no one had known that. You'd just got a bit lost, which a lot of people do mm. in ultras. Whether, and you'd still finish first whether you would you declare that and you'd still be disqualified or was it because it was so close to the end it's just a really difficult thing like I think once I was off the court mm. looking back I don't know what I should have done I feel like like the obvious thing is to say well you, you've gone off the course turn around go back but obviously at that point I know I wasn't on the course but I had followed kind of the arrows to get to where I got to um and then I just think, you know, my mind was so frazzled. Like, I don't know why Googling the race was my first thought. But, like, you know, I could have rung them potentially or, you know, rung my girlfriend or whatever. But I think I was just frazzled. So I always think that thinking and running are a really bad combination. <laughs> yeah. And you've got 60 miles in your brain yeah. and to try and worry about something like that. Because not only are you trying to cover this distance, you're actually trying to win this race, which is an experience that me and Amy are never going to have. So we can't yeah. really relate to this. All right. Trying to think of all that at the same time. I mean, clearly you can't make up your own course. And, and obviously there's a big difference to running on a trail than there is to running on a road, you know, however dangerous the road is. Because <laughs> I do realise, you know, you can't just make up your own distance. Um, so I do totally get that. You know, it's just, um, yeah, I guess it, it was just the, sort of the highs and the lows and kind of, I just feel a bit embarrassed that I kind of got that finish line moment. You know, I just look, I just feel a bit silly. Um, but I just one of those things. Like I, yeah, I've definitely learned from it. And I think the, the problem was I just carried on running. I probably should have just stopped and sort of tried to think, right, what is the best thing to do here? But I think just in that moment when you're just knackered, yeah, it just. <laughs> just thought I'll just run there and explain it and I don't know why I thought that would be fine but yeah I, yeah, I, I'm glad I did you know I'm glad I, the whole experience I've always wanted to do ultras having done you know road marathons for a few years so the whole thing for me was just going to be whether I could physically do it and I, and you know ultimately I do know now that I can physically run that far um, you know, not always in a straight line clearly but um at least I know I am physically kind of capable of running 
100k so I'm definitely looking forward to it will you be going back next year and seeing if you can win it again but win it well <laughs> win it officially <laughs> uh I think I'll probably try and find some other races it seems like there's so many good ones out there that um mm. yeah I've got my eye on a few of these centurion ones because because all my that night kind of I was getting all these tweets from people saying I'll oh, do it do a centurion race so I think um yeah I think I want to try and explore some of the other trails because it looks like there's so many good ones to get stuck into uh, you wrote all this up on a blog really well which I kind of had a look through as well which is a good read if anyone wants to get you know perhaps a little bit more detail as to more things that you may not have gone into here my favourite part of that is uh, you said right at the beginning of the race there was a load of shirtless men dropping sub seven minute miles from the start who then disappeared over the horizon classic mate I don't know what, what was going on there was, there was one it was just one runner um, yeah he he so he's on the start line without a shirt on, you know, which I thought, you know, it's, it's, for an ultra. That's, yeah, it seemed like he's got a, a bag on. It, no, 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 nothing. Okay, so it seemed like you know, so he didn't have any kit. He just had basically shorts. I think he had a collapsible cup in his pocket. <laughs> oh, there we go. That's there we go then. But then he had, yeah, he had his race number pinned to his bare chest. So like he put what? he put pin he put pins through his skin to keep the number on. No, no, so, no, no, no. I'm not no. even joking. There's like there's def- there is photographic evidence of this. What um, the hell? So I did kind of think I did, I've, I've got absolutely no chance against this guy who's willing to bleed before we've even started. Yeah, <laughs> but he faded away. He I guess. he went through. Yeah, he was well out in front. Kind of. Um, yeah, we got to the. I didn't stop at the first station. We got to the second one, and they said he was kind of 10 minutes uh yeah 10 minutes ahead and the next one he probably the sepsis setting in <laughs> but then and then at the next a station he was 15 minutes ahead and then the next up that got, got that he was 20 minutes ahead and i thought this must be killian journey and i've just not recognized him because he was you know we were running at probably 7 7 15 7 20 minute miling and he was you know 20 minutes ahead of us um but i think in the end we got to the aid station before halfway and he was just sat there kind of having a drink so I, I presume he just you know um the wheels had come off maybe um but I think he did run the second half the next day um I think he just stopped at halfway and then did the second half the second day that's weird yeah but definitely I've never considered pinning my number to my skin but no you should never consider that <laughs> yeah it's probably blood loss that made him stop in the end oh, yeah but, 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 yeah sake. he must have been really quick through the first marathon i guess because he was a long long way clear of us um but yeah it, it was probably quite an aggressive racing strategy <laughs> yeah my girlfriend was at halfway and she said he i think he was overheard saying he didn't realize it'd be quite this hard um <laughs> so <laughs> yeah you can follow Tom on Twitter at FairboyRuns. I think he talks a bit about the Race the Stones experience on there as well. He does, and he's also got a blog, TomRuns10.com, about him running 10 marathons in 150 days, and he's continued that on as a blog to uh, talk about a few things. I mean, that's great, but the guy pinning his race number to his skin is the only takeaway from that interview. We cannot get over this. I- should we talk to that guy? Should we find him? Yeah, he was Let's so... The thing is, Tom was so blasé about it. Yeah, there was a guy that pinned yeah. a race number to his top and we were like, what? <laughs> I think if we can find that guy, I think we'll cancel Tom next time. <laughs> we'll just talk to him instead because he's got some stories. Oh, you know he has. He's seen some shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you can do that, like, he's imagine the pain he's been through in his life to feel yeah. like that's okay. You know? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Okay, I think we're just going to have to finish it there because that's too much. Amy, what bullshit have you got coming up? Well, you may have heard that I'd be running Reykjavik Marathon. We know. Yeah, we know. I'm not even going to pretend it's a thing anymore. There's an update on that. Yeah? I've downgraded to the half marathon. I know, I know. The train just isn't there. You know what I always talk about? Like, oh, I need to build my mileage. I need to do this. I need to do that. It's time to face facts and admit I haven't been doing that. Yeah. And if I were to run Reykjavik Marathon, it would be a very painful experience. It would not be a nice experience. And actually, you know what? I'm going to Iceland. I want to do a bit of running on my holiday. I don't want to have to taper like crazy because I'm worried about a marathon. Well, I've got a top tip for you to reduce the pain you'd be in, which is to, if you pin your number to your t-shirt, it can actually save, it can save a lot of stress on the day. If it, you know what? If I pinned my number to my skin though, I'm thinking now, I wouldn't think about the pain in my feet. That is true. Yeah, that is. I think there may be logic in that. Potentially a good idea. 
Anyway, either way, I'm now running Reykjavik half marathon. And can I just say, I don't know what other marathons are like because I haven't done another marathon, but it's so easy to just change your distance with Reykjavik. Yeah. Like I've heard from other marathons, like, oh, if you want to change your distance, there's this whole thing. and You, da, da, da. you just go on there, you click on like a little drop down. Do you want to run a 10K, a 5K? Just change yeah. it. Yeah, so... They keep your money, 5K. I guess. They do, yeah, yeah but that's yeah. my fault. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's my fault. But yeah, I'm now running Reykjavik half marathon, and I feel a bit calmer, and I can, I'll can. i probably end up doing more running, because I'm not worrying about it. So it's actually quite positive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well done. What have you got coming up? Uh, I've got a five-mile race, which should be quite nice. Now, all my... Well, my last two five-mile PBs have been set at night. Okay. So... And one was off-road in mud. And one was... On a bridge, the Severn Bridge. Yeah, with we're, as we talked about, with 60 mile an hour winds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping, without that, it's in Norfolk, so it should be dead flat. Is that your current PB then, the Severn Bridge? Yeah. Well, yeah. five mile races don't come up, do they? I've no, only done no, no. three. So that would be nice. I should be able to get that. And it's also coming up, uh, are you available for this? The first Friday of August, the Murder Mile. Oh, I may not have to be available for this. You're going to have to do it. The Murder is Mile the one, is a great race. Is this one in Cardiff and Butte Park? No, no, no. Oh. This is uphill. It's uphill. Out in Gwent somewhere. Uh, you, it's just a mile up a hill. I can't drive, so I can't get there. I'll give you a lift. <laughs> you can come with me. Where were you when I had to go to Panavan this morning? I was busy. <laughs> mm, you know what? This could be a potentially, you know, this could be a, a podcast content generating it could, yeah. thing. It could be us running together for the first time in about a year. I know. And we could, that? yeah, straight away we could do a little audio snippet. I'm seeing oh, the content yeah, you are. potential here. I'm getting her. I'm getting her, everyone. Don't worry. Maybe. That might be a maybe. And I haven't really got much on my up next, so. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe. Fantastic. Uh, if people want to tell us about uh, pinning numbers to any part of their person or any other bullshit they've had recently, Amy, how do they get in contact? You can tweet us at runningisbs. You can Facebook us. Just search Running is Bullshit. Maybe leave us a little comment on there. Leave us a recommendation. We like those. Maybe talk about The Guardian a bit and how we're strikingly like The Guardian yeah. Runners World combined. I don't know. Bit, yeah. just, just a suggestion. I heard that. Just off the top of my head. Uh, or if you want something more long form, you know, bring that back. Email us at runningisbull at gmail.com. I'd love to hear off the back of that pinning numbers to, to skin any of the weird things you've seen at a race can anything beat that have you seen anything weirder of somebody pinning we've talked about skin? yeah we've talked about race bullshit before but can you tell us the weirdest thing yeah because that is yeah. a way up there. I mean taking your shirt off at park run doesn't cut it anymore no no definitely the not the bar is you're still is a risk. dickhead yeah 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 but, but that's just normal now yeah, I mean absolutely yeah for men generally <laughs> yeah I mean you want to talk about women that have taken their tops off at park run and get in contact with us and specifically that. which park runs they are that would be great <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should cut that. <laughs> kind of Join us next time where we've got Tom's, the rest of Tom's interview coming up, and even more bullshit. Yep. See you later, mate. Yeah, he had his race number pinned to his bare chest. What?